0: Vaping and the use of e-cigarettes is on the rise, especially in high school students. Today, more high school kids use e-cigarettes than regular cigarettes. It's seen as a safer alternative than smoking. In today's podcast, we'll learn more about what vaping actually is and how it impacts the lungs. Our guest is Don Tucker, respiratory therapist and manager from Sarah Bush Lincoln. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. We imagine what can be done and then reimagine it for the better. We model our care after the best and then remodel to break new ground. We invest in our community and reinvest for the future. In a world of constant change, you can't be afraid to rethink, rewrite, restart. Sarah Bush Lincoln is constantly evolving to provide you with the area's best healthcare. Sarah Bush Lincoln, trusted, compassionate care. Welcome to Health Styles, the podcast. I'm your host Lori Banks, and today we're talking about vaping. And who better to talk about vaping than a respiratory therapist? And I just happen to have one, Don Tucker. Welcome to Health Styles. Hi, thank you for having me, Lori. So, Great tell you. us, I what's your official title? So,
1: I am the respiratory therapy manager okay. at Sarah Bush Lincoln Health Center.
0: Okay. Don, for people who don't know what respiratory therapists do, tell us a little bit about your job.
1: Yeah, so respiratory therapy encompasses a variety of settings. Um, what we do is focus on cardiopulmonary care for patients. So for the department we're in here, this is inpatient respiratory therapy, so we work in the hospital setting. So if somebody's on a ventilator, uh, people may know that as life support, or if they need non-invasive ventilation or BiPAP, home CPAP setups, neb- inhaled medication therapies, uh, chest physiotherapy. So we do a lot of things we do medication interventions and both like a physical mechanical uh, interventions to help people with their breathing.
0: Okay, so we're talking about vaping, which involves ingesting breathing things into the lungs. So first of all, I was kind of confused. It vaping it encompasses lots of things. I was thinking, oh, vaping and e cigarettes are the same thing. But vaping is actually what you do, right?
1: Yes, I don't actively vape, but my understanding, and I've seen a lot of people that do, is, it is it's a, it's a very general category. It's beyond um, just like an electronic cigarette or a – when people – they came up with electronic cigarettes several years ago as a way to maybe get people to transition from traditional cigarettes um, to this electronic version. And what you could do is you could order a variety of different uh, concentrations of like nicotine. So it might be good – the concept was maybe one, there might be a target audience that would be interested in doing like electronic cigarettes, but also you could maybe titrate the amount of nicotine to help somebody achieve quitting cigarettes without going cold Turkey. Vaping has all kinds of different um, devices that are used. The common thing is that they get a vapor uh, that they, the person inhales from this device. And from that, that's basically the most common methodology like, feature of it it can include electronic cigarettes larger devices there's even devices where people multiple people can inhale the same uh <laughs> additives or whatever Additive. you know ingredient that they add to it so so you so can in general yeah, yeah
0: you can vape lots of different products you it's, can okay
1: so one of the major things to me that comes out of vaping i just it raises all kinds of red flags one is an art recipe as an RT, respiratory therapist, but you don't know what you're getting. It's not regulated. Unlike manufacture of cigarettes that are sold in like grocery and, uh, Oh, like convenience stores mm-hmm. or gas stations. The electronic cigarettes is still a highly unregulated. So a lot of these products, you don't know what you're getting with it. Right. So.
0: And I, I'm guessing you as a respiratory therapist, just ingesting anything into your lungs. Yeah is a little scary, right? Right. You've seen it.
1: Yes, I have. (laughs) We've had patients pass away from it and, uh, or have complications. It's been that severe. And, uh, the thing that gets me is the lungs, you know, you look at your body anatomy, physiology, but the physiology with the lungs, you know, they can, you inhale, you're getting oxygen, it's getting into your bloodstream uh, for metabolism. And you know, everybody thinks, Oh, yeah, oxygen's great. It helps keep your body healthy and energized. And lungs also help in getting rid of a lot of toxins. Most common one is CO2 is what we exhale most commonly um, as a byproduct of metabolism. And anything that's foreign outside of oxygen, and you know, our air that we breathe in, it's only about 20 to 21% oxygen concentration. So Anything foreign that is not in standard air, ambient air that we're breathing in our environment, is probably going to have some sort of consequence on the function of the lungs and or the cardiopulmonary system. So when you're introducing these foreign objects that are not meant to be inhaled, some of them are, you know, they do a lot of targeting with these. Uh, for different audiences but people that you know you can smoke bub- bubble gum flavored uh-huh. products you can have almost like any variety of drink you can get at starbucks you can have a variety of whatever flavor you want to inhale and a lot of people don't see harm in that or don't think there is but with it being so unregulated some of these chemical products that co- are used for that flavoring can be very toxic to lungs mm-hmm. and Back in the 80s, there was an outbreak of uh, from a popcorn factory where people were manufacturing popcorn, right? And the the vapor from the popcorn manufacturing were causing these workers to get sick with shortness of breath. They had to get hospitalized. Well, they identified that one of the ingredients that gives the popcorn that buttery popcorn flavor will destroy your lung tissue. And that's not reversible. So that wow. that's permanent lung damage that those folks suffered. Well, that... That product's been found in va- e-cigarettes and vaping products, mm-hmm. and that's just one example. There's all kinds of things they have in there. Um, some of the additives, uh, formaldehyde has been one of them. They found products that are also found in weed killers. All those things are probably toxic to any, th- you know, to you as a human. But if you, especially if you're putting it into your lungs, probably going to cause some lung damage or inflammation. Mm-hmm.
0: So are your lungs particularly sensitive when it comes to, as a tissue, do they react pretty quickly? I mean, I know if you've been in a dust, if I've been in a dusty environment, you can feel that like later.
1: Yeah. Um, So the lungs have a mucus sort of like, they are very permeable. um, And they've got little structures on the end of them called alveoli. That's where the diffusion of the oxygen goes into the blood and vice versa, CO2 to the lungs to be exhaled. Those little sacs are, there's a, a mucus layer in a healthy lung. So we got to talk, if we're talking a straight healthy person's lung, there's a mucociliary transport system is what they call it. But there's a little uh, layer of, a very, very thin layer of mucus. And what it does is it captures all the debris and particles that we breathe in. So if I'm outside, like we had Canadian wildfires, uh-huh. that layer helps to catch any of the foreign smoke particles that we're breathing in Instead of that just getting right to our lungs and damaging our lungs, it catches that debris. We have little cilia or little uh, finger-like structures that help move it up. And when we generate a cough, if it hits cough receptor, causes us to cough big, we'll cough that stuff up and, you know, get rid of it, spit it out or whatever. Um, that's a normal, healthy, functioning lung. It has that kind of protection to it. As you get narrower down the airways, those aren't there Um When you get to the air sacs, they have a little bit of mechanism for helping clean, uh, you know, maintaining their hygiene and, like, being able to cough things up. If somebody's smoking, one of the primary causes of concern with smoking is it causes drying in the lungs. It causes the cilia not to... Function correctly, so they're not helping to move any debris. The debris just sort of sits there. That's why you have higher incidence of like pneumonia or getting infections in the lungs because, and they have all kinds of things like tar and other burnt products mm. that can get into the lung or foreign debris. And as it sits there, that's not good for the body. It's kind of like uh, if you had like a really high salt diet, right? And your kidneys, you know, you you just you drink. Not a whole lot of water or anything. Your kidneys will develop these little stones and you get major kidney stone. Mm -hmm. It's because it just builds up and builds up. Same thing sort of can happen in the lungs. Um, One analogy I use for patients is say I'm outside and we're down in uh, Destin, Florida or somewhere really nice, but it's really sunny. Mm -hmm. High UV index and I'm not wearing sunscreen. I could probably get away with that a couple of times if I consistently don't wear sunscreen out there and I get these blistering sunburns, my incidence of getting a skin cancer go way up because I have all that damage inflammation. My skin is just on fire. It's telling me I need to do something. Um, Same thing goes with smoking. If you're chronically exposing yourself or your lungs to these foreign chemicals or unhealthy, you know, irritants, carcinogens, it's kind of like getting so much inflammation and irritation you don't sense it like you do with your skin, with a skin burn, or like a sunburn, but the same kind of inflammation, sort of inflammatory process go in in the lungs, and that's where you start getting these diseases like COPD or lung cancers or other complications in your lungs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: when it comes to, in your line of work, when it comes to vaping or e-cigarettes, um what do you think are some of the biggest myths out there? One of them I heard when I told a coworker that I was going to do this podcast, mm-hmm. She's like, oh, a lot of people think, oh, it's safer than cigarettes.
1: Yep. <laughs> I think it – so a lot of the – so when we go head-to-head with e-cigarettes, to go to that point specifically, you go to head-to-head with e-cigarettes or vaping products with cigarettes, we don't have the length of time, so you don't have longevity studies to to compare – and the amount of research is still ongoing, so you don't have, like, a lot of definitive answers to do a head-to-head comparison. However, I would caution everybody. that That's one of the biggest myths I hear is a safer safer alternative for people than smoking. I would say with smoking, you kind of now, we don't really, we have a lot of information. People know what they're getting. So with e-cigarettes or vaping products, we have that issue of we don't know what we're inhaling and not regulated In majority of states that I found uh, for these products, so not knowing what you're getting, you can't really say that it's as safe, a safe alternative to smoking. Um, That being said, I think a lot of people also think it's more harmless. I've heard, I've seen advertisements where they've had it as vapor, as it's like water. Mm-hmm. It's like just gas, like yeah, a vapor how is it, or something. Like I
0: used a used a vaporizer, you know, when we were kids and you were yes. congested. It's the same thing. Yes. Well, maybe not. <laughs> no.
1: Right. Um, yes, there is water in the product to give mm-hmm. it the vapor, some of the vapor properties to it. But they have all these additives, some of them highly addictive. And another big concern with it is you don't know how much nicotine, for instance. I mean, that's a common uh, product that's in... Uh, all these cigarettes and smoking products, tobacco products, you kind of know the concentration of nicotine that comes in a cigarette. You don't know that when you get one of these vaping products, and you don't know how rigorously they're testing those products to state that that's 5%, you know, of nicotine or whatever concentration. So I think that's a huge risk because that's a vasoconstrictor. It's got a lot of issues in itself that could cause, uh, you know, like, physiological responses with ingesting high volumes of nicotine or whatever. Um, I think the biggest one is people think it's harmless and maybe not as addictive as smoking. And you can't say that because they're not regulated. We don't know what's in the products. Mm -hmm. And I think you're playing with fire when you get into them, honestly, especially with these young kids that are getting exposed.
0: Last spring, you had talked to some uh, local schools about vaping and i pulled up some we're going to get into the youth and and e-cigarettes and vaping so this is what was crazy to me um these are some statistics that i found on the cdc website and e cigarettes have been the most commonly used tobacco product among youth since twenty fourteen and in twenty twenty two one out of every thirty middle school students reported that they had used electronic cigarettes and in twenty twenty two same year one of it out of every seven high school students so kids are using it they're they're not smoking as much, but they're using e cigarettes which is frightening
1: It is very frightening um I agree. I think we like to look at statistics as the smoking, like, there's there's been big pushes um, for, like, public announcements, public health initiatives to reduce the number of smoking, and I think that's great, um, but this is the future, and if you have that high statistics, I mean, these are addictive products, or can be, I mean, that's, that's troubling to me to see that that many students are doing that, and that it's more commonly used than the smoking alternatives mm-hmm. that should be raising red flags because that is the future of our, of the world and our country mm-hmm. in particular as yeah. the CDC is American. But yeah, I mean, we have a lot of risk and health concerns for the future coming out and that's one of them. Uh, I think we should be putting a lot more focus and attention on, Educating folks and trying to reduce those or restrict access to some of these products. And I was
0: also surprised. This was on the same CDC site that in 22, mm. 2022, more high school females are using tobacco products. So girls are using tobacco more than boys. That's an odd finding to me. Yeah. I, uh, I've
1: i been around the military a little bit and the notorious nothing. But I mean, just in general, there's been a general... Uh, high volume of military members that smoke and everything. And I can't tell you what I've just noticed as an observation, the younger folks that are coming in, almost all of them vape some sort of product Mm -hmm. or another. They sneak. I mean, yeah, it's kind of regulated and, but it's, it's out there. And if you're not aware of it, and if you're a parent of some young folks definitely need to at least have the conversation, you know, maybe it's appropriate at middle school age or something, but start talking through that with your children and monitoring, make sure that they aren't, you know, getting exposed to that or buying these products thinking they are harmless, at least need to focus on some good health practices with them. But it's very troubling to me. I I think we've put so much energy in the anti-smoking campaign. Now we have to redirect it toward vaping. And Mm -hmm. what are we getting with vaping? And what are the risks we're putting the, the youth are getting at? And I think I mentioned it at that talk at the high school, I would love to do tours with these kids, and we get some patients that would allow people to have visitors and just <laughs> let them come in and see, let them talk with some of these folks mm-hmm. who weren't thinking when they were younger. You know, some of these folks have quit smoking 20, 30 years ago, but the chronic lung conditions, those, those lungs, you, I didn't mention that, I mentioned the inflammation, but lungs don't recover mm-hmm. quickly. It's one of those things, the harm's done, it takes a long time to start recovering. And sometimes the function cannot fully be regained. Whereas we think of sprained ankle, I can do a little rehab, that's going to recover, or the burn, skin burn's going to go away. Um, lungs don't
0: act the same way. Not exactly. Don, talk about some long-term effects of a, for a young person that starts vaping. What are their lungs like? that age say middle school age so they're still developing um at that
1: age and through the teen years your lungs are still developing until they reach you know maturity or with that when you have anything that introduces inflammation it can either interrupt that development of the lungs or mark the any early signs of a chronic lung condition and sort of set the the ground floor for them developing a lot of breathing problems later in life. Mm -hmm. So it's really, they're susceptible at that age. Um, If you start when you're an adult, which I don't advise either, but um, your lungs are already fully matured. I think they'd be better set to kind of ward off any of the ills that come with Vaping or e-cigarettes—it's
0: mm-hmm. just like drinking alcohol as a young person. Yeah, your brain isn't fully developed, and it's yeah affecting your brain.
1: Yeah, and then the yes, like and the, you can't you, know, you can't fix you it. You can't go back. You right? can't go Once back. The damage is done. You can do. I mean, brain's plastic. There's a lot of plasticity with the brain. Yeah, the lungs you can. I mean, you can do healthy lifestyle and recover some fun and function with that too. uh I don't think they have as good a grasp as to how well you can recover your lungs. I've seen patients do well but you can't compare that uh, like after they quit smoking after years you can't compare that because you don't know what it would have been like for them at baseline had they never Mm -hmm. smoked yeah but I mean you you can do a lot of things to turn it around and uh,
0: as we wrap this up Don, let's talk about some prevention techniques and advice that you would give to parents in talking to their kids about vaping and e-cigarettes
1: yeah so I think be informed and be aware and of the risks that come with it is maybe one of the the biggest things I'd have for parents, so maybe just take time to google you know do a Google search on the topic and read some of the information for yourself because you may find that it's not as low risk as it's maybe portrayed, and especially if you were to talk to some of these patients that have been affected by young people you know getting very ill hospitalized hospitalized like since 2020, they said there's been over 2,800 hospitalizations related to vaping, mm-hmm. and I know they're in our community, so if we know somebody that's had anything like that, or if it's out there, they never thought that it would result in a hospitalization or a death or anything like that, um, but make yourself aware of the risks and that it's highly addictive, and have the conversation... I it's kind of hard to to talk about all parents and uh, like everybody's parenting and what households are like, or it's totally different. But, um, if you're a guardian of kids or very, um, uh, you know, you have young people in your household or anything like that, I would definitely restrict it and then have conversations with them. And you can point them to resources. Primary care doctors have all these resources through the clinics that they can refer them into. They can prescribe nicotine supplements and other types of products and, we have pulmonary rehab here at the hospital and Healthy uh, Center for Healthy Living. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they have resources to help people quit smoking as well. So they're out there. They're in their community. It's just kind of making yourself aware that this this is potentially very dangerous and having those follow-ups with your young people about what can we do from here, how can we help you to stop. If they can't stop, there are resources through the hospital and the community. So
0: all right well don thank you for taking time out to visit with us this is a fascinating topic i didn't know much about it and like i said when i started looking up those stats on the cdc website i was i was shocked
1: oh yeah yeah it's really prevalent um and i hope that we kind of maybe raise some awareness people make them aware that maybe it's not as harmless and there's healthier options you can do out there and yeah thanks for meeting with me all right
0: great talk thanks thank you I mentioned vaping statistics from the Centers for Disease Control. You can find those for yourself at cdc.gov by searching vaping. You'll find several helpful resources and trusted information about the subject. That's our podcast for this time. We thank you for listening. To learn more about the services and providers at Sarah Bush Lincoln, head over to our website at sarahbush.org. That's Sarah with an H. Until next time, I’m your host Lori Banks for Health Styles. And I hope you have a great day.